Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. All right, if you will, turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. Last week we looked at uh, the idea of blueprints. Uh, Well, we kind of are halfway through our our series on blueprints and finding a uh, a format for life as a Christian. And we talked the first week about blueprints and how you have to have a plan for your life and you have to live your life as a Christian with uh, the blueprints of God's Word in your life and to, and to have direction and guidance as you study God's Word and allowing it to work and, to, and move in your life. Then we talked uh, last week about uh, framing up and framing values and uh, how it's important for us to, to make sure that we have the fundamentals of those framing values. Tonight I kind of want to continue on the idea of framing up and it's kind of a second part to it. We find it here in the book of Daniel. And, and uh, now, I understand that we've already looked at the, uh, and did a study through the book of Daniel quite some time ago. It hadn't been that long ago because I hadn't been there here that long. But it, it was, uh, I think, fairly soon after I came to Mount Olive that we did a study through the book of Daniel. And and did all that, but uh, tonight I want to. So tonight I want to just kind of reference what we have already talked about in Daniel and use it as a way of, of demonstrating uh, this principle. Now, if you remember at the beginning of Daniel in verse in chapter one, we see Daniel and uh, others like him, young uh, Hebrew uh, children, being taken into captivity. Uh, they're taken to Babylon, and they're, uh, this was all a part of the process that when you are uh, conquered as a nation, uh, many times uh, the conquering nation will do this. They'll take young people from the nation that's conquered, and they'll transport them over to the uh, home country and educate them and uh, train them as uh, key individuals in their own culture. Uh, it, that accomplishes two or three different things. First of all, uh, it's not as easy to go and uh, fight the enemy if some of your own people are a part of the enemy now. Uh, so uh, to do that, when you uh, when the conquering nation uh, kills a lot of the adults that are in the army. Uh, the army can't come and, and kill uh, and, and pay retribution because now your own countrymen are, are part of that nation. Secondly, it also expands the uh, cultural value of uh, the, the home country. Those people that are brought are the best and the brightest of, the, of their nation. And so those individuals add to the country that has overtaken them. And so that's what's happened to Daniel. That's what's happened to some of his other colleagues is is that they have basically been taken to Babylon. They're young adults. They're really closer to teens at this age. And so they're being taken there. 
they're being indoctrinated uh, into the culture of Babylon. They're also being trained uh, to take up uh, key roles within the government uh, as officials as they get older. And so in chapter 1 of Daniel, it says, In the third year of the reign of uh, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, into Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jerusalem, king of uh, uh, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands with part of his vessels in the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his gods. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Asphanaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes and children in whom was no blemish but well favored and skillful in wisdom and uh, cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learnings and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And so this is what's happened to David, uh, Daniel, excuse me, is that Daniel and his uh, others like him in this overthrow of Jerusalem. Now, you have to also remember that uh, why has this happened to Israel? Well, the, pro- uh, the problem is, is that Israel went through several kings that had led the people of Israel further and further away from God. The children of Israel were no longer uh, solely worshiping uh, God. They had allowed themselves to have uh, the gods of uh, these foreign nations around them to infiltrate into their uh, their people. And that was part of the reason why uh, you read in the Old Testament about how God wanted them to be separate from other nations. How God wanted the Israelites not to intermarry with other people and not to uh, do that. And this is part of the reason is because God knew that once they intermarried with other peoples, those people coming into Israel would uh, bring with them the practices of worshiping foreign gods, worshiping idols, and uh, doing all these things contrary to God's law. And so God desired for them Israelites to remain pure and not to allow themselves to intermarry with others so that they would not uh, follow after these foreign gods. But uh, as Israel made themselves a nation, as they uh, allowed themselves to have king, uh, wanted to have kings rather than following after God, uh, those kings, as a result, were uh, tasked with the responsibility of keeping the people of Israel faithful to God. And while King David and King Solomon were fervent in doing that, once uh, Solomon died, you had a series of kings that all went various ways. And some would follow closely after God, had a kingdom like David, and desired to follow after God. But you also had uh, kings that uh, followed uh, their own desires. And and you had uh, kings like Ahab, who, uh, who was married to Jezebel and uh, erected uh, altars to Baal and uh, Asherah poles. And so uh, you have to remember that also that a lot of this uh, worship of foreign gods was related to uh, the sensual desires of following, uh, falling into sin 
and uh, the worship of Baal was a Baal was a fertility god, and so uh, and Asherah uh, the the worship of of uh, uh, using Asherah poles was related to the female version of Baal, and so they always went together, and that was also a fertility god, and a lot of the people during this time worshipped these gods because they felt like if they uh, sacrifice to these gods, then they would have good rain, they would have good crops, they would have fertile uh, flocks, and, and they would increase in value. And But it also was uh, a desire to follow after the sensual desires, the lust of the flesh, and worshiping in, in these fertility gods a lot of times uh, involved... Uh, doing things with temple prostitutes and things like that. So um, the people of Israel had fallen away from God. And so God told them, as long as you are faithful to me and as long as you worship me and I am your God, then I'll protect you and I'll keep you. But if you don't, then I'll scatter you abroad. And guess what? This is exactly what happened. God allowed the Babylonians to come in to overtake uh, Jerusalem. And when it says here Jerusalem, that's not just the city, that's symbolic for the nation. And so that'd be like uh, an enemy coming in and and, uh, taking over Washington, D.C. Basically, uh, uh, for us, that's the seat and the capital of our nation. And and if Washington, D.C. falls, that's where all of our leadership is. And so the nation falls. And that's the same way it is in this aspect when it says Jerusalem is conquered. That's where the king was. So when you take the king, you take the nation. So the people of Israel were dispersed. They were uh, overtaken by Nebuchadnezzar. And the best and the brightest part of Daniel being one of them are taken back to Babylon. Verse 5 says, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now, as part of this regiment of preparing these young people for a place in their uh, society, uh, it meant not only of sitting under teachers and instructors to learn about their culture and learn about uh, their uh, uh uh, education process, but it also meant uh, being indoctrinated into their culture. And uh, when it says here to using the provisions, the nourishment of the king's table, uh, this sounds uh, innocent. It sounds like, okay, the king is making sure that these uh, people that are taken are well fed. That's not all of what it means. It means that they're doing the... the uh, They're following in the... Okay, the Israelites understand that they have to have a dietary nutrition plan as according to God's desire. Part of that was the Israelites were not to eat certain foods. They were to abstain from eating animals that had uh, a, uh, for instance, a a cloven hoof and uh, that didn't chew the cud. That was two of the uh, main... Uh, things that had to ha- the animal had to have uh, a cloven hoof and had to ha- chew the cud. And uh, you can go back to Leviticus and see all the rules and regulations related to their dietary plan. But this was to keep the... Uh, the if you look at what God forbade 
for them to eat. It was about making sure they stayed healthy. Because we understand today that if you don't uh, cook pork appropriately, you can get diseases. And that's basically what God was doing. He was saying, look, you might get sick from this, so just stay away from it altogether. Well, that, was, that became a part of their society and part of their religion as being followers of God. In the same sense, other uh, countries in the following of their false gods, of their following of their idols, they did things that they ate uh, certain things that were offered uh, to these idols as part of worship to those idols. And so when it says here that uh, they were offered... Uh, provisions from the king's table. This, these are provisions related to the worship of these foreign gods. And so that's... Uh, Daniel was among them. Uh, and we're introduced to Daniel in, in verse 6. And he says, Among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and uh, Azariah. These are the Hebrew children that are mentioned throughout uh, the first part of Daniel. And uh, we know uh, Daniel's friends by their Babylonian names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these are their Hebrew names, Azariah, uh, Mishael, and Hananiah. Now, these names honor God. These names are related to the worship of God. Uh, Hananiah, and Mishael, and Azariah all speak to their uh, view of God as being the only God of worshiping Yahweh, the God of Israel. And part of the process of renaming them was also uh, the Babylonians' attempt to get these young people to follow their foreign gods. So um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are names that honor uh, the worship of Baal. And so that's why they renamed them. But at this time, we're introduced to Daniel and uh, of course, Daniel also was renamed Belteshazzar, but we don't tend to, to associate him with that name as much. But the king unto them, uh, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, uh, for he gave unto Daniel, and see it's named here, the name of Belteshazzar, and unto Hananiah, to Shadrach, and unto uh, Mishael, Meshach, and unto Azariah Abednego. Uh, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the princes of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So the first thing that we have to understand is, is that Daniel here is finds himself in the unique position of do I follow after the rules and do I follow after what everybody else is doing or do I seek to follow after God and do what God desires of me in my life? Now, this is not too uncommon with our own situation. And this is why this is important in understanding the framing values of our life. We need to understand uh, the significance of what Daniel does here. Daniel is going against the grain. He is desire. He uh, he desires not to fall into this uh, quagmire of the situation that he's in. And so the first thing that he does, and the first thing that we need to take from this is, is that Daniel, before anything else, he determined within his heart. Read what it says there. He determined within his heart 
that he would not devile himself with a portion of the king's meat. So the first thing that's important for us to see in this is, is that we need to determine within our heart how we're going to live. Determine within our heart what we feel uh, that God's Word is directing us to do and what God is showing us in His Word that we should do. Now, Daniel is in the unique position of not only uh, being in a situation where he's pressured to do the things that he knows is to be wrong, but he's in a situation where it could very well mean his life. So Daniel didn't make this decision lightly. We think that peer pressure is difficult. Daniel had it ten times, a hundred times worse because this wasn't just peer pressure. This was pressure from someone who could say, hey, you don't like it? Okay, you're out of here. So Daniel purposed within his heart that he would follow after God. And many times that might mean that you uh, put yourself in a bad situation. It might mean that you put yourself in a situation where you can't get a promotion. Or it might mean that you uh, would put yourself in a position where you might offend someone. Or you might put yourself in a situation where you might uh, uh, have difficulty in relationships with others. But Daniel here was putting himself in a position where he might very well die. But it was that important to him that he would ensure that he would not defile himself. How often is it that we allow so many things? Well, you know, God knows my heart. I'll just do what I feel. Uh, I, I can't... Uh, I can't do this, so I'll just go ahead with it, but it won't mean anything to me. That's not right. We shouldn't do that. We're, those are compromises. Those are all things that uh, are saying to ourselves that we don't want to take a stand. We need to be someone who takes a stand, takes a bold stand, ensures that we do the right thing, regardless of the situation. Uh, that's a key element to having the right framing values of life, to determine within our heart, first of all, and then secondly, to take a stand. And so that's what Daniel does. He uh, Now, Daniel wasn't a fool either. Remember, it says that these were uh, young people that were wise. He knew that he couldn't just simply refuse to eat. He does one step more. He goes to the man in charge. Now, for the man in charge, for him, he, does, he can't go to the king, so he goes to the guy that's in charge of them, which is uh, the uh, one who's in charge of the eunuchs. And he talks to him, uh, to Aspenaz, and that he might find out if he can avoid this situation. Verse 9 says, Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Now that's Aspenaz. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king who hath appointed your uh, you meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse, likening the children which are of your sort? Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. So Aspenaz here has two reasons why he is coming to Daniel and talking to Dan- and why Daniel's coming to talk to him. First of all is that he's in charge of uh, of things and if the king finds out 
that Daniel and his friends are not eating, and he sees that they're worse off. For, uh, look, the, the king probably looked at these young people like cattle. Okay, now that's a hard thing for us to, to grasp and, and understand because we don't tolerate slavery at all. But that's basically what these young people were. These were, these were the spoils of war for uh, King Belshazzar. And Ashpenaz was charged with caring for these young men. And if the king saw that his uh, possessions were not being treated right, he would want to find out and hold Ashpenaz responsible. So first reason uh, Ashpenaz is really uh, uh, concerned is, is because the king's going to come down on him. Second reason is, is that he had a real liking to Daniel and didn't want to see anything bad happen to Daniel. And Daniel, to his uh, credit, also understood that he needed to uh, make sure that, that, uh, that he went about this in the proper way. Um, then, Dan, then said Daniel to Melzar, uh, whom the prince of the eunuchs had said over Daniel, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pause to eat uh, and to give us water to drink. And then uh, let our countenance be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and as thou uh, seest, deal with thy servants. So Daniel desires to set up a test. He says, let us uh, eat basically bread and water, and let uh, the rest of them go about uh, eating the meat from the king's table and we'll see who looks the best after 10 days. Daniel is trusting and relying upon God. So number three, uh, not only do we have to determine within our hearts and, and secondly, make a stand, but thirdly, we have to rely upon God. And Daniel's not putting a test before God. He's putting a test before uh those who are in charge. And he's saying, we're going to prove to you that we can do better by eating the way that we're supposed to eat. Um, and so they allowed them to do that for 10 days, knowing that if they didn't look uh, good, that they would be forced to go back to eating the meat. And uh, God blesses that. Look at verse 17 down there. He says that God blessed them and and cause them to grow in wisdom and knowledge and understanding as well as to be have a greater countenance, a greater uh, view of them uh, to be healthier. And at the end of the ten days, the king said that he should bring uh, them in, verse 18. And uh, the princes of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king uh, communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And all the wisdom and all the understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the uh, magicians and astrologers that were in all of his realm. And Daniel continued even into the first year of the king Cyrus. And so what we see is, is that God blesses Daniel. God blesses him and his uh, friends, Mishael, Azariah, and Hananiah, uh, with having a great wisdom and with having a great 
countenance, have been very healthy, and they were. Uh, and let me just show you something here. Daniel purposed within his heart, as I said, that he was going to do as God directed him. I believe that even if if they hadn't have allowed them to do this test, that Daniel would have desired to find some way to follow after God's desire for him. And he used this as an opportunity not to uh, necessarily to gain permission, but it, it, God used this situation to bring glory and honor to God. Daniel used the opportunity and the test to glorify God. He says, look, if and, and this was not about whether or not certain foods were better or not. It was about following God's desire. It's about being obedient to God. It was about not falling into the traps that were out there for these young people to fall into the lifestyle of following after false gods. That's what this was all about. And so Daniel not only desired to be faithful to God, but he wanted to, uh, to be used by God to show that following after God was the right thing. And so Daniel, it, this wasn't whether or not you know pork roast over here was... Uh, was worse than eating vegetables and bread over here. It was a matter of ensuring that Daniel showed that following after God was the right thing. And so God was glorified in what happened because Daniel trusted in God. Daniel determined within his heart that he desired to follow after God. And what we need to remember is, is in, in our life, not only do we have to know the value... Look, Daniel didn't have the scrolls from uh, his local synagogue to be able to go back to. Daniel knew God's Word. He knew God's desire for his life. He knew what he was supposed to do, not just simply because he had heard it once or twice, but because it was a form of practice within his home as well as he had applied the Word of God into his life. We can't, if we were in a situation where uh, we faced the same thing, would we determine within our heart to follow after God? Would we be able to uh, know God's desire in our heart? Would we have God's Word hidden within our life that we would know the right things to do? Uh, and so often... When you face challenges in your life, when you face uh, circumstances, you're not necessarily carrying the Bible around with you. You're not necessarily carrying around uh, a concordance or something to be able to look up Scripture to find where uh, God's Word talks about something. It's, it's vitally important for us to know God's Word, to know what God's desire is for our life, to know how God uh, wants us to live, and to follow after those principles even when it's not easy. And while uh, Daniel had something greater than uh, just merely peer pressure, we many times allow the pressure of those around us to cause us to fold. We need to ensure that we follow after God's will and desire in our life regardless of what happens. So uh, tonight, uh, as we look at the framing values of what, how we need to apply this to our life, we need to ensure that we've... Uh, 
follow after God's uh, Word in our life, that we have it as a part. That's why it's so important for us to have uh, these basics down, the blueprints, the foundation, the framing values of, of our life. Make sure that they're a part of us so that, that when we do face these struggles, that it's a part of us already and we know what we need to do. We don't have to necessarily um, uh, say, hey, wait a minute, let me go run and get my Bible. I mean, that's great if you have time, if you have the opportunity to do that. And it's important to, to ensure that you are a good student of God's Word. But so many times you need to have God's Word hidden within your heart. You need to have God's desire for you. and Be familiar with God's Word so that you know when you see something in, in this world and be able to say, that, that's not right. I don't need to be a part of that. I, I don't need to go and do this. I know um, uh, you don't have to go and consult God's Word to know you don't go and join into this party over here because they're uh, doing drugs and they're doing alcohol and they're doing um, all kinds of bad things. You know that it's not right for you. You know you don't need to be in that situation. You know you don't need to go and be in this other situation because uh, they're uh, out to go harm somebody else or go do something wrong. You know just not to be in those circumstances because God's Word's already hidden within your heart. God's uh, already leading and directing you in your life. And so that's why it's important to have these fundamentals down. Then to purpose and determine in your heart and life that you'll always follow after God. No matter whatever other, other people say, whatever other people want for you to do. Not only determine, but take a stand. Take a stand for God. Take a stand for living for God. And, and then glorify God in those actions. Make sure that everything that you do gives God the glory. Make sure that... you Look... If Daniel was just simply not eating those things because that's how he'd been raised, well, we don't... Uh, you know, that reminds me of a story of a young couple that, that's starting out in, in marriage and they're, and they're starting to make a home. And, and I remember uh, when Robin and I got married, uh, we, you know, we uh, had tried to do a lot of things like uh, we saw in our homes. And, and this particular young couple had... Uh, gotten together and they were uh, they got married and and they had started out in life and they were uh, trying to do things you know and when you're young and and when you're new and married you you have to learn a lot of stuff that you didn't know before and uh, uh, you you have to learn how to cook because mama's not there anymore to cook for you right and so uh, uh, this young couple they were getting ready to uh, to cook supper and and uh, the wife she's sitting there cutting the end off of the roast before she puts it in the pan and then she puts it in the oven and and uh, the husband's sitting there and he's watching her do this because he's helping out in the kitchen and everything and he kind of wonders what's going on and next couple of weeks later she or next month she's cooking a roast again she cuts the end off of the roast and she puts it in a pan puts it in the oven she cooks it this piques the guy's uh interest she said what in the world's going on that piece is just cutting off the end and the next month 
they're, they're having roast again. She cuts off the end of the roast and she's putting it in the pan and he can't handle it anymore. He says, wait a minute, what are you doing? She says, well, I'm cooking the roast. And she, he says, well, why do you, why'd you cut the end off? And, and she says, well, that's how I saw Mama always do it. I don't know why, it's just that I know that that's how Mama always did it, so that's how I do it. And so, uh, uh, okay, you know, whatever. And, and so uh, uh, they go visit the family, and, and this guy, he, he's curious. He's like, what in the world's going on? So he asks, he says, why is it that you always cut the end off of your roast before you cook it? And she, she kind of laughs, and she says, well, my pan was only so big. And so I always had to cut the end off in order to make it fit in the pan. Now, unfortunately, there's some Christians that are doing stuff. They have no idea why they do it. They're just going through the motions. Daniel wasn't just going through the motions. He was, he was making sure that he was doing the things that he wanted to take a stand for because he wanted to glorify God. If Daniel didn't glorify God in what he was doing, then he was just following a certain dietary plan and it would have been nothing more than Weight Watchers or something else. But Daniel, because he knew that what he was doing was, and he was giving God the glory for it, that made all the difference. We can go over here to our church and we can sing certain hymns or we can stand or sit or however we do in our service and if all we're doing is just doing what we always do then all we're doing is singing songs all we're doing is standing and sitting and all that kind of thing but if we're doing it to glorify God it makes all the difference makes all the difference Daniel was doing what he did to glorify God and not only did God receive the glory but God blessed him what what occurred and that's what we want for our lives is for God to bless our lives and for God to use us to give him glory And that's the important thing. All right, let's pray.